Hello, and welcome to Unstretched. This is a podcast focused on debunking yoga and health-related myths so you can be more informed about your physical body. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Shelton. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, board-certified orthopedic clinical specialist, and registered yoga teacher. I'm the owner of Stability Flow, where we create strong and stable bodies through creative flows. This episode is called My Current Movement and Exercise Routine. So I put exercise in parentheses because to be honest, that's not my favorite word. I think exercise really just gives people the connotation of trying to lose weight and burn calories. And I really want people to broaden their idea of exercise to be more what we think of when we say the word movement. And that's moving our bodies for the sake of health, not for the sake of shrinking our bodies or losing weight. So that's why a lot of times I choose the word movement. Sometimes the word exercise slips in, but I much more prefer the word movement because that's really why I exercise is for moving my body, not weight loss. So this, again, I'm going to start telling you really the nitty gritty of my routine, but I think this is pretty hard for me to talk about unless I'm telling you the backstory. So you have to know that I have been obsessed with exercise. Obsessive sounds like really negative. I mean it in a positive way. I don't really think I've ever been someone who, you know, truly had like an exercise addiction, but I've always just loved exercising. It's always been a such a space of joy for me. And I actually grew up, my dad owned a gym, like a regular membership-based gym. And so even at a young age, I would grow up like cleaning equipment and watching people exercise and work out. And my family did an incredible job of never making exercise be for the sake of weight loss. And I just wanted to make that really clear because my parents are incredible examples of people who exercise because they love their bodies and they want to move. Um, But when I was in high school, I I guess this is around the time that I personally started to exercise. And this was mainly for training for volleyball. I played travel volleyball and I loved it and I wanted to be the best I could be. And so I was really motivated to exercise so that I could be great in my sport. And I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think that's normal. I think athletes, when they're serious about their sports, should be training and taking that aspect very seriously. But the problem came when I went into college and I was no longer playing volleyball. And so I started feeling confused. Like, now what's the point of my exercise? Like, I felt like I really needed to have some really amazing reason to be exercising. Like I needed some goal. So I actually signed up for my first half marathon. And this was a great release of, you know, all that stress of studying for exams. And I took college very seriously. So maybe for some people, college was just tons of fun for me. It was a lot of studying. Um, so I really used running as an outlet. I ended up signing up for quite a few half marathons. Sorry. I I never ran a full marathon. Um, but I ran well over 10 half marathons while I was an undergrad. I really loved it. I just loved being outside. I loved the repetitive nature that I could essentially just zone out and just be present with my breath and my body. But I definitely started to have some knee pain. Um, if you listen to some of my earlier podcasts, I shared about how I tore my ACL in high school when I was training for, for volleyball. And that knee pain has always been something that's bothered me and limited me in any form of exercise. And it definitely limited me in running. It just got to the point where lots of miles of running would create my knee to be to swell a little bit. And it was just not super comfortable. 
I also started to realize that I, I don't know. I think I just kind of got burnout on running and I started to realize I felt like my body composition, I still very much cared about it at this time in college. I felt like running was kind of making my body composition worse because anyone who trains for a marathon will tell you this, like you're really hungry all the time. And so it almost made me like more obsessed with food because I'm running all the time. So I'm always starving and I'm always eating. And then I was like, not really super happy with how my body looked. And I think this is normal for a lot of people. And, but for me, what I did was I started to really, really get into weightlifting and like heavy weightlifting, but not even in a super healthy way. Like I was into the, the meal prepping, the protein shakes, all of that. Like I considered doing like figure competitions and bodybuilding. Honestly, it's so funny even just to recount this now, because like, that's literally the last thing I would ever do for my health now. Um, so even just saying, it, I'm like, wow, I can't believe that that was me, that I am that person because I'm so different now, but yeah. So I would say this was around junior year of college. Maybe I was like really into it. I wanted to compete in weight training. Um, and I do think I talked to enough people, thankfully that had either done like figure shows or similar things where you're like physique based sports. And they were kind of telling me that, you know, it's a really lot on you mentally. Like you're allowing your body to be up in front of judges and like nitpicked like that. And thankfully I didn't do that. I'm, I'm really grateful. I think that would really, really affect my mental health because I was already didn't have great self-esteem when it came to my body in college. And I just thought that if I, you know, got super into weightlifting and eating perfectly, that I would have this perfect body and I would just love my body. And I think people are kind of coming around now to realize like, that's, that's truly a disorder. Like there's no level of perfection that your body can achieve that you're just going to one day be like, Oh, I'm super happy with the way I look. Um, and also it's to me, it was not a life worth living a life where I was counting macros and meal prepping and it, it was miserable. I can even remember like going out to dinner with friends in college and like eating before so that it would like fit my macros and then just like hanging out with people at dinner. And that sucks. Like that was such a miserable time in my life. So thankfully I got out of that. It was, I look back on that and I'm just like, Oh, that was a dark time. Um, because when your physique starts becoming the reason you train to me, it just sucked all the joy out of exercise. So fast forward after undergrad, I moved to Nashville. I, I taught group fitness. I was a personal trainer. I was really into like hit style workouts. Um, and I would say I was into hit style workouts for quite a while. Um, even honestly, not that on like probably all the way up until about a year ago, I was really into it. Workouts where you're doing like, you know, maybe like hundred burpees for time or squats and then running a half mile and then doing kettlebell swings and stuff like that. And my body never felt great doing it. Uh, I know I talked about in the knee episode, I, I literally like tore my meniscus doing crazy workouts like that. Um, so I definitely had my fair share of pain, but it wasn't until after I had my daughter that those workouts were essentially like not tolerable anymore. Um, I definitely had throughout this time of hit workouts, I was really into hot yoga and like that more intense yoga, um, like vinyasa yoga. And I, of course, I've already talked about my injuries with that, like wrist pain, SI pain. Um, but it was still, even though like, I didn't feel like I was moving to burn calories, I definitely think the underlying motivation was like, 
I really need this amazing sweat. I need to be like feeling so fatigued after my workout that I just felt like I, that's the only way that it was like a good successful workout. So I really measured it by workouts effectiveness based on how awful I felt afterwards. Honestly, like if you put it that way, that's, that's the honest truth. It was like, all right, did I feel like I just did so much that I can barely do anything else? I'm like dying. Then yay, that was a great workout. Um, and, but again, like I was saying, after I had my daughter, like that ligament dyslaxity. So if you're familiar with pregnancy or if you've been pregnant, you know that your body gets like flooded with hormones to help make your ligaments more lax. Obviously this is incredibly important. So you can have a baby and that baby can move through the pelvis without like shattering your pelvis. So it's super important, but I really don't think that my body has ever come back to the same like stiffness of my ligaments before I was pregnant. I've talked to a lot of people about this and I, I've pretty much never found another female that like, well, I guess I've never found another female that, that disagrees with that. I've never talked to somebody where they were like, oh yeah, I a hundred percent feel like my body felt exactly like it did prior to having a baby. And it's, so I think it's pretty widespread. Um, and yet I don't feel like it's really talked about in the fitness industry and the movement industry and exercise industry of, Hey, like, you know, maybe after we have kids, you need to be exercising differently. Personally, I think everything, everyone needs to be exercising differently because when I look back to how I was working out, which is just like this, like got to kill myself mindset. I think I'd be able I would have had a lot less pain even now had I not been doing that then. But like having a baby made me realize I absolutely could not keep doing that because it was debilitating. Like I would, you know, I'd go out and try to do like this high intensity exercise. And then I'm having like crazy SI pain or back pain. And like before maybe I could just deal with it. But now I'm like, holding a child, holding a child on one hip. And, you know, being a mom is very physically demanding, even just like laundry. And today, actually, now that I think of it today, I was literally holding my daughter while I was vacuuming <laughs> because she wanted to be held. I really wanted to clean the floor. And it's like, I was literally thinking, I'm like, wow, what a, actually, this is kind of like a strength feat. Like being a mom is pretty intense. So yeah, all that to say working out definitely had the change after I had a, had a kid. And this is where I started to really think critically about my fitness routine. You learn all this stuff about biomechanics and physical therapy school. And we learn about like, you know, what helps people have like an effective metabolism. What's, you know, an efficient way to exercise. But I think there's kind of a disconnect of really showing what that looks like in practice. Like, okay, what does that look like in exercise? So I started to really educate myself. I started to use everything I'd learned in physical therapy school and rotations and then in residency to really start to create a routine for me that I felt like would be sustainable. And sustainability is something that I take very seriously now. Like I want a program that I can do now and when I'm older, guys, I'm only, I'm only 30. And if I'm doing a program that's making me feel like I can barely like walk the rest of the day like obviously in a decade from now, it's just going to be even worse. So I started really focusing on gentle weight training, this idea of really targeting my muscles and proving my strength, but not trying to make it some like crazy hit workout where I'm like max efforting at all times, but really just like fatiguing the muscles. And truthfully, like this is an incredibly effective way to work out because as you get those muscles really strong, you can build some muscle mass and 
gain some strength, you're actually increasing what we call your basal metabolic rate. So this is your body, essentially it's your metabolism, but this is like, I hate saying the word calorie burn, but that really is like scientifically, it's like your body is using more energy at rest than someone who doesn't have a lot of muscle. So technically that would be burning more calories. And I think it's also important to note that this is incredibly important for aging. So like weight training and building up some muscle mass. And I think a lot of times when we talk to women and you're talking about muscle mass, they think all of a sudden you're going to be like this massive bodybuilder. No way. Like those people that look like that, it's because they've made it their life goal to look like that. If you are just weight training and fatiguing your muscles you and you're not doing anything excessive, like absolutely you will not look like that. It's, it takes so much dedication for people to look like that. And I guarantee you, they all want to look like that. So never be worried about like getting too bulky or too much muscle mass, because like I said, that's just an entire level of dedication that you're not just going to stumble upon. But it's so important as you age that you have that muscle mass because pretty much after the age 30, every year you're losing a percentage of muscle. Our muscle wasting just happens with aging. So it's important that in order to reverse that, you are really focusing on strength training. Additionally, it improves the health of other tissues in your body. So when you're strength training, you're actually really improving the tendon quality. So a lot of times injuries are happening where the muscle at that musculotendinous junction, where the muscle kind of turns to tendon or where that tendon's like attaching onto the bone. What we see is that resistance training is very effective at improving tendon quality. And it's important for the makeup of the collagen. It's, it's good for our ligaments. It's, it's just so important for so many things, not to mention our, our resting metabolic rate. So you'll have a higher BMR, that basal metabolic rate, just by gaining more muscle mass. And I think that's where, if you understand that, you don't have to place nearly as much emphasis on hours and hours of cardio. Because really with cardiovascular fitness, like there for so long, I think people thought that just like slaving away on like the treadmill or running for like hours and hours was like, what they needed to burn calories to lose weight. And first of all, like I said, what a really sad reason to work out. Like, ugh, that's like not motivating to me. And I think that's a lot of reason why people don't stick with it because it's just a very like negative connotation with exercise. And I'll talk about it in a minute, but I do still go out on runs and it's because I want to get outside and I love the outdoors and I want to like breathe hard and like connect with my body. I'm never doing it because I'm like, oh, let me go on a three mile run and burn 300 calories. Like, I think that's just a really not fun way to view exercise, but also understanding that when you're running, yeah, you're burning calories then, but when you're at rest, that run's not really doing anything for you later. Whereas like when you're building muscle, it's improving your metabolism, even when you're not exercising. So I think that's an important thing to note and kind of get away from that obsession of like, oh, I just got to add more cardio and eat less because actually that really creates a vicious cycle of underfueling and overtraining. So I'm very much into fuel your body appropriately and actually really lessen the amount of cardio, honestly, because that's really where people are sabotaging their results, in my opinion, is by really overdoing a ton of cardio. And this is not to say that cardiovascular exercise isn't important. 
I believe cardiovascular is incredibly important, but I think it also needs to be about that. It needs to be about your cardiovascular health, your heart and your circulatory system. And when you kind of focus on that, you stop thinking about like, oh, I need to do 40 minutes of cardio or 20 minutes of cardio because you're just like, all right, what's the best for my heart health? And this is where I'm loving this new research on exercise snacks. So I talked about it in a little bit on Instagram stories and some people were really interested and messaged me about it. And so I want to just share a little bit more about that. So exercise snacks is not food. <laughs> First and foremost, you need to know it's, it's not food. It's actually just talking about little bouts of exercise fit into the day. And a lot of the studies that I looked at, these bouts of exercise are less than one minute. And so they were showing if you did like intervals, like 20 seconds on 40 seconds off for three minutes, instead of doing that for like a 15 minute exercise, like let's say you did 20 seconds on 40 seconds off and you did that three times. Then you waited between one and four hours and you, then you did it again. And then you waited like one and four hours and then you did it a third time. They were showing that that actually had similar benefits for your cardiorespiratory fitness as it did of doing it all in one bout. So that would be looking like, you know, maybe 12 times 20 second sprints. Um, and I thought that was super interesting because a lot of times, you know, we're all really busy, especially if you're a mom, you're like super busy. There's it's just constant go, go, go. If you're a, you know, maybe you've got a busy job in healthcare, like everyone's busy. Who isn't busy? Right. And so I think I oftentimes hear the issue is like, I don't have enough time to fit in all the things I need to fit into my day. And like, you know, I don't have time to do like weight training and yoga and running and all the things. And I'm just like, you can actually have very, very effective cardiovascular exercise in really a short amount of time. And some of the studies I was looking at actually showed people doing exercise under one minute. So it had them doing like, um, max exercise, like all out on the bike for like under a minute. And they only did that three times a day. And it was showing benefit in their cardiovascular fitness and they're improving cardiovascular fitness. Something else I really like that. This is just like kind of a side note, but something that really deters me from exercising is getting my hair dirty. I know that sounds really lame, but I actually think a lot of women feel like this. Like I've talked to my mom about it. And we always laugh about it. Like these like really insane workouts where you're just killing yourself. And then your hair is just like mopping wet with sweat. If you're like me, like I'm a really sweaty workouter. Like I could pretty much think about physical activity and I start sweating. <laughs> so I like am deterred. Like if I just wash my hair that day, then like later I'm not going to want to go and like work out really hard. And I know some of you can relate. This sounds really superficial, but it's true. Like if you just spent like 30 minutes, like washing and blow drying your hair and it like finally looks good. And then like an hour later, you want to fit in some exercise. You're kind of deterred if you're like, okay, I'm just going to like make my hair drenched in sweat. This is one of the things I really love this because I don't really sweat if I'm just going all out max effort for like a minute, like it's going to take more than that for your body to start sweating, but kind of fitting them out throughout the day, you can kind of reduce that sweat and like all the stuff it's going to do to your body, but you're still getting that cardiovascular improvement in your fitness. I also love this because for example, my husband works from home and so he's in the office and he's working on his computer and he's in and out of meetings and on the phone. And I've been kind of challenging him because he gets to take like kind of clock out a couple of times a day for I think a 10 minute break or something. And I'm always challenging him. I'm like, if you get two times a day where you get to clock out for 10 minutes 
Think about how if you utilize that for a little exercise snack and you did went out and just did one minute max effort on, we have like a, a stationary bike. It's actually called an assault bike. It's like a belt driven bike. Um, and it's, it's very challenging. Um, and I was just telling him, you know, if you went out and use your brakes and you went and did max effort, you're not even going to sweat. You can come right back to your chair and get on your phone and start working again, but it's going to be really beneficial for your health. So I've kind of been challenging him to do that. I also think that's, you know, really, really helpful for someone, even if they're working in the office, like maybe you have to dress like relatively nice. You can't wear like exercise pants to work. You can still, if your, your office has a gym, it's not a waste of your time to go during your lunch break and like cycle hard for two minutes, or maybe doing like a five minute cardio workout. And then maybe at the end of work or on a break later, doing another two, three minute workout. And I just really love that because that mindset, I think we always thought, you know, something better than nothing. Like that was always kind of the, it's taught to me in PT school is like something better than nothing. And that's just kind of the mindset of like, all right, well, if you do something, it's better than just sitting around. But I still felt like that wasn't super motivating because I'm like, well, I feel like I want to make time to do more than just quote unquote something. But now with this research, research and showing these exercise snacks and that you can have hours of rest in between and that they're still really beneficial for your heart, it's been really motivating for me to be like, hey, like I'm exhausted, but I'm going to run out and do two minutes really hard on the bike. I'm going to come back inside. I'm going to, you know, clean the kitchen. I'm going to work on some behind the scenes stuff for my membership. I'm going to, you know, work on all the things that I do for my personal business. But, and then I'm like, okay, it's three hours later. Let me run out and do two more minutes. And I've been doing that and like genuinely been feeling so encouraged that I don't have to carve out all this time during the day to do cardio. Again, I would say this kind of correlates over to my mindset shift on weight training. Like I used to think, oh, if I don't want to have to go on this like you know, 30 minute run or do my parents like do the stair climber or the elliptical, whatever it might be. You used to think like, oh, well then I need to do a HIT workout, which stands for high intensity interval training. I need to be doing like burpees and squats in between my like, you know, barbell rows or whatever. We used to think like, you know, you got to do these max effort circuits. So you're getting in your cardio um, and your weight training at the same time. And honestly, what I found is that I actually like reduced the effectiveness of my workouts because then I'm like fatigued and like out of breath. So the weighted exercises are not like with great form. I am using maybe less weight than if I were just like focusing on the strength training. And then I also just like felt really bad after, like I would really feel like I just wiped myself out and it made me feel like the rest of the day, I was too tired to even like run around on the playground with my daughter or like go on a walk with a friend later. And I started realizing like, even that the exercise was really negatively affecting my life. And I'm like, exercise, exercise 100% should be improving your life. If exercise is negatively affecting your life, then you absolutely have to change up your routine. Even if your exercise program you love and you're really enjoying it, but you're noticing that you have like a lot of pain afterwards or a couple days afterwards, like that's not beneficial to you because you just like, give crippling your body with tons of like physical pain for the sake of exercise is, is just not doing you anything good in the long run. And so kind of moving into my programming and talking about what I do now. So as you all know, I have a program called stability flow and it's pretty impossible for me to talk about my current program without talking about stability flow, because I am doing these classes and teaching them. It's 95% of my movement routine. So really the way these classes, if you're not familiar with it, so what it is, is 
we are doing yoga flows, but in a way that's not focused on flexibility. So there's a lot of cues I give to help you really build stability in the poses. And then we flow in and out of weighted movements. So let's say you're taking a lower body class. You might be doing like a warrior three, and then you come forward to a single leg mountain, and then you're going to step up on a chair. We're going to do like weighted step ups, and then you'll go back into the flow and we might flow into a single leg deadlift. So you're getting throughout the class, a, a full amount of lower body strength training, same with upper body or the full body. So there's three a week. And the reason why I really like that is because you're not like jumping around or doing burpees, you're getting really targeted weight training. I call it strategic strength. So you're really able to focus on that one muscle group and really work it to fatigue. And that's oftentimes a question I get at people as they're like, you know, should I be doing additional weight training? What else do I need to be doing? And when I talk to them and kind of clarify, it's typically that they're not choosing a heavy enough weight. Like they feel like after they take the class, they're like, oh, maybe I could, you know, do more. That's my like huge challenge to you is absolutely choose a weight that by the end of class, by that, you should finish that first set of the weighted movement and be fatigued in that muscle group. You want to feel like by the end of class, you absolutely could not do it again. I actually, if you've ever taken class, you'll kind of notice like sometimes, you know, I'm a human. I might like mess up my words and my cue. And I'm just like, Oh, sorry. I meant to say this or something because I can't stop the class and start over every time I'd make an error because this is real time, my workout. And I am way too fatigued to like stop the class and all of a sudden restart filming it. So it really is exactly what I'm doing for my workouts, for my movement routine, for my exercise. Um, and so you'll see kind of like, you've got those three days a week that they're focused on weight training. And I also really focus the exercises specifically on posterior chain strength. So this is muscles in the back body. And that's because a lot of people are actually much more strong on the front side of the body, especially if maybe they've done yoga because of all the high planks, chaturangas, down dogs, the chest muscles, the deltoids, the quads, abs, all of those are a lot stronger than like our upper back muscles, our rhomboids, our mid traps, or even like our glutes, our hip external rotators, and the muscles on the back side of the body. And I've talked about that in other podcasts, but that's mainly because you don't have props and you're not using weights in a typical yoga class. And so it's pretty impossible to effectively target the back side of the body without a prop because those muscles, um, for lack of a better term, do like pulling motions. And you can't really just like pull air and effectively strength train it. That's why like cactus arms. Yeah, you can do that in a yoga class, but you're really just creating internal tension. You're not actually like overloading those upper back muscles and creating a strength dose just by like squeezing your shoulder blades together. So that's what I do. I do those three days a week. I do whatever I post for the weekly schedule in stability flow is my exact workout. It's the upper body flow the lower body flow and the full body flow. And then there's also a fourth day. And I'm going to be honest, I don't actually do that every single week. And you'll see that's why that's most weeks it's new, but it's not new every week because there are some weeks where I'm like, you know what? Three days of like targeted strength training within the flows are like enough for me. And, but I use those circuit strength classes as a way to hit a lot of more um, of muscle groups that are maybe more awkward to incorporate into a flow. For example, a Copenhagen plank. So this is um, where you'd place your knee on a bench and lift up and it's a huge adductor strengthening exercise. You can definitely Google Copenhagen plank if you're like, what the heck are you talking about? Um, but that is like relatively awkward to, 
I really, really intent on making the exercises feel very intentional within the flows. I want you to feel like you're flowing and then you're like magically moving into a weighted movement. I don't want you to have to like stop flowing and then pick up a dumbbell, da, 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 move over to the bench, whatever. It's very intentional how I um, program the classes. And so for that reason, the circuit strength class is a lot of things that I know to still be very important for like joint stability and strength, but are maybe too awkward to put into a flow. So I've created these short, they're usually 20 to 30 minute classes that are just exactly that. It's a circuit of strength training exercise. Um, and so that truly is all I do for weight training. And to be totally honest, I have never felt stronger in my entire life, even with doing hit exercises doing CrossFit with doing, I've tried so many things and all of those things inevitably led me to having knee pain or back pain. Those are my two like Achilles heels for lack of a better term. They're like my rate limiting factors, my knee and my back. I mean, they're going to have problem with one of those and it'll like inevitably make me stop doing whatever exercise program I'm doing. And then I don't ever see like the results I'm looking for in terms of improved strength, um, even better body composition. But with this program, like it's so sustainable. Like it's very, it's really easy on your body. I'm not having any pain after the fact. I'm just having muscle soreness. And that's what I really love is because I've been able to consistently for months now teach three to four classes a week, have virtually zero pain. Truthfully, absolutely the least amount of pain I've ever since have ever since having a kid, the least amount of pain I've ever felt in my body, but 100% it's also been the least amount of pain I've experienced in like the past decade. Um, so I'm 30, like all through my twenties, I had more physical bodily pain than I do now. And it was 100% because of my workouts, which I look back and I'm like, Oh gosh, I beat myself up for it. I'm like, why was I doing that to my body? Like I thought I was doing what was best for me, but it was like crippling me. So let's talk about why the flow component of stability flow is important. Um, I really believe that a lot of programs are leaving. So even the best weight training programs are really leaving out this balance component, balance and breath work. And that's why I'm really passionate about this routine that I've created because we see that balance actually really does have a direct effect on longevity. You can look at research like as people age and they have reduced balance and increased risk for falls. That's when we're worried about people falling, maybe fracturing their hip and then going to the hospital, extended hospital stay, causing them to get really feeble. And then it's, you know, really a bleak outlook after that, really a bleak outcome. And so in that way, balance is incredibly important for your overall health. And I love that stability flow incorporates that because we're doing a lot of poses where you're standing on one leg and you, and most people, if they are familiar with yoga, know that balance is a huge component of it. And that's usually a lot of reason why people really love it. And yeah, same goes for me. That's really why I love that part of the flows because you're working on your balance and it's so important for overall health. The other like magical part about flowing is when you are actually working on controlling the transition between two different poses, you are really, really working on building stability. So obviously I'm super passionate about that. Um, but like, think about if you're in a warrior three position and your hips are squared off to the mat it takes a lot of stability and control to be able to actually control and open up the hips to a half moon and then maybe square them back off to a warrior three. And we do this a lot. It's called a hip airplane and physical therapy, like that kind of opening and closing the hips back and forth and back and forth. But in um, stability flow, really, we don't have to do any specific stability exercises because we're working so hard on stability 
as we're transitioning through the poses. And I do a lot of cueing is geared towards helping you find that stability aspect. So I'm really saying things like, you know, how slow and controlled can you square your hips off? Or like, can you hold this position and carefully open up? Like, I think verbiage like that really helps people to get away from just like resting on their ligaments or like hanging on their body in specific poses. And instead they're really, really working on stabilizing the, their joints and moving with control. So the breathwork component, again, this is really forgotten, I think in a lot of programs, but breathwork is so cool. The more I learn about it, the more I want to learn about it. And I've just been like reading so much in the research about it because I think of positional breathing exercises, almost like stretching your body from the inside out. Um, so I don't do really any typical stretching, but with positional breathing, you're really working on that full expansion of the rib cage. That really good rib cage mobility is actually pretty important for the health of our shoulders. Our shoulder blade rests on your rib cage. If your rib cage can't move well, then your shoulder blade is going to be affected. It's important for your lower back. If your rib cage is super stiff, then you are going to move excessively from the back. It's important for your neck. There's so many reasons why breath work is so important for us. And a lot of times individuals don't have great management of that intra-abdominal pressure, that pressure in the thorax. This can lead to pelvic floor dysfunction. It can lead to a lot of issues. And so teaching people proper posture of really stacking the diaphragm over the pelvic floor so they can take in effective inhales and exhales and expansion through the rib cage, that 360 degree breathing. So I love that I get to effortlessly work these into classes, these exercises into classes, um, because it's oftentimes completely an afterthought in, if thought at all, in most um, movement routines, most people aren't doing actual focused breathing exercises. And I've noticed a big change in my posture when I've worked on upper rib cage expansion. So I've noticed like my upper ribs and my chest were like really stiff and causing me to round forward. And by working on positional breathing exercises, it was really effective at improving my posture. So lastly, let me just say very specifically what my week in workouts looks like. Um, and I'm just going to spell it out for you. So on Monday, I teach lower body stability flow. So I'm doing lower body weighted movements and in, worked into the flow that works on lower body stability. On Tuesday, I usually have, I'm usually exhausted from Monday's class. I don't do anything else from that. Tuesdays, I have a lot of times business meetings and stuff that day. So I typically just have Tuesdays as a rest day. Wednesday, I'm doing an upper body stability flow classes. So then since these are smaller muscle groups in my upper body, I'm not usually as muscularly fatigued. And when I said I was exhausted from my Monday workout, again, I'm not having like any joint pain. I'm not so exhausted that I can't do the rest of my day. I feel perfectly fine. I just mean I have a lot of muscular fatigue. So on Wednesdays, when I do upper body afterwards, what I do is typically between five and 10 minutes of intervals on my rogue echo bike. And like I said earlier, this usually looks like 20 seconds max effort followed by 40 seconds, really easy. And I might do five of those. If I'm feeling really great, I might do 10, but that's a, a pretty grueling workout and I'm done. Like that's all the cardio I'll do Thursdays. I'll either do a circuit strength class, um, or take that day off. So circuit strength again, and you're strengthening, but none of the flow component. And then Fridays, I'll usually do full body stability flow. So strengthening um, some upper, some lower body, and then the flow component. And sometimes I'll do echo bike intervals after Friday's class if I know that my weekend's really busy and I don't want to do any exercise on the weekend. 
But typically what I do is on Saturdays, I'll do 10 minutes of echo bike intervals. So 20 seconds hard, 40 seconds off. So Monday lower, Tuesday rest, Wednesday upper body plus, you know, five to 10 minutes of intense, but short cardio Thursday circuit strength, Friday, full body, maybe cardio. If I'm not doing it on Friday, I'll do it on Saturday for 10 minutes. And then usually Sundays are off. So I've just loved this combo because I don't feel overly fatigued. I feel like I'm getting really strong. I've noticed that I've gone up in weights and almost everything. And I have virtually no pain because I'm not overtraining. I'm not trying to fit in all these hit workouts. I'm not trying to go on these crazy long runs. Um, Sometimes on Saturday, if I want to go on a run for my mental health or I'm just, it's nice weather outside, I'll absolutely swap out the echo bike intervals to go on, you know, a 30 minute jog just because I enjoy it. Not because I'm thinking I need to go work for 30 minutes. But yeah, that is my complete routine. I've never felt better. And being a mom and a small business owner who's busy, it works so effortlessly into my schedule. And I'm just so passionate about how good we can really feel. If you're like using exercise to improve your life and benefit and build you up, it's so much different than when I used to use exercise to try to like shrink my body and like work so hard in a way that was actually reducing my quality of life. So really passionate about that. I hope this was helpful to hear me spell out my exact routine. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And as always, if you have questions, please just reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is dr.lauren.yoga, or you can always email me at hello at stabilityflow.com. If you do happen to enjoy this episode, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you do, reach out to me and let me know you did on Instagram and the DMs, and I'll be happy to give you a discount code for your Stability Flow membership as means of thanking you. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you all soon.